2: He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed.
3: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
1: When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Hello, welcome back to the show.
2: My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this. The stuff they don't want you to know, it is one of our favorite times of the week, fellow conspiracy realist. This is where uh, my colleagues Noel, Matt, and I bring you the news that doesn't always make the headlines, uh, the ridiculous, the eerie, the disturbing, the important, and crucially, the strange. Uh, today, we are going to learn about some things that are happening in medical schools. Uh, we are going to learn of possible catastrophic disruption, and we are going to return to one of my favorite weird hobby horses, the life and times of Corvids, shout out to you, California. You'll see what we mean in a second. But for now, uh, maybe we start with airline travel. Now, Matt, uh, you and I know that our good buddy Noel, uh, Noel has been on the Fly in the Friendly Skies more recently, I think, out of the three of us. Noel, let's see. You went to um, New York, I want to say.
0: I went to New York just recently. Yeah. That's and then right. before that, I had a quick trip to paris and um, that's right that was probably the scariest one because i haven't traveled internationally since i was a small child but also because of being on the plane for that extended period of time and having to mask up the whole time and just kind of not really being sure if you're going to get out of there without catching the bug
2: yeah, unrelated yeah. to anything. Did they serve food on that flight? They did, and it was
0: quite good. Okay. Uh, I was very surprised because I hadn't been on an international flight since I was a kid, and airplane mm. foods come a long way.
2: Let me tell oh, you. Oh yeah, I There's had a, the great blog. There's the a great pasta dish. The a tip I heard: blog. is don't get the chicken. Yeah, it's, you, you know, know I mean, each their own. But I, I typically skip the chicken as well. Um, the, the reason I'm bringing up this flight stuff is because. Uh, you were quite fortunate to not have your flights canceled. Many people listening with us today have had their plans waylaid by cancellations due to short staffing, due to COVID, but it appears, uh, thanks to a story that you're bringing us today, Matt, it appears that there's another plot twist on the way, and quite possibly, um, well, the word I'm, I'm hearing being thrown around a lot, Matt, is catastrophic.
1: Sure. Yeah, that's what's in the headlines. Uh, This, unlike most of our other stories, did hit the headlines. Every one of them, every single one of them. And I've actually got a Google tab open right now, continuing to check on updates, because this, this story concerns something that's happening tomorrow as we record this. We're recording January 18th, and the events are supposed to take place tomorrow, Wednesday, the 19th of January. And this is another situation where I'm having a hard time discerning What conversations we've had on these mics and what conversations we've had just between ourselves, because I know we spoke a bit about 5G rollout airplanes and altimeters. Mm -hmm. I cannot recall exactly when that conversation occurred or whether it was recorded. Uh, It was probably (laughs) recorded by somebody. (laughs) Um, But this is something that we've been talking about for a while, at least internally. And I'll just give you one headline that comes from CBS News. And I believe this was posted today. It was major airlines warn of, quote, catastrophic disruption to travel and shipping from 5G debut set for Wednesday by Verizon and AT&T. Whoa. And this is, again, we've talked about before. The major issue here is that with the 5G rollout within the United States, it uses a certain band of frequencies certain uh, range of frequencies to communicate, send signals and receive signals via the 5G networks. Mm-hmm. And airplanes, especially ones that are operated out of the United States, use altimeters. It's a, it's a piece of equipment that allows the plane to know exactly how high up it is into the air. And it's especially helpful for taking off and landing, particularly landing. Uh, and it uses a frequency that is just on the other side on the higher end of that band that 5G is going to use. There's a small separation, what they call guard band, in between these two sets of frequencies, but it is not as large as many other countries uh, because several other countries are operating 5G at a lower frequency or within a band of lower frequencies than the U.S. is, and they're also operating 5G towers that are sending out weaker signals than the United States is going to be sending out. (laughs) This becomes a huge problem because you've got on one side, the FAA and, you know, airlines like American Delta, all the others uh, saying, Hey, we're trying to figure out exactly how this rollout is going to affect us. And we need to make sure that all of our planes are going to be able to function when Mm -hmm. you roll this new technology out. And on the other side, you've got Verizon, AT&T and everybody who has interests within those you know companies and their uh, the things that are going to be affected by having 5G across the United States. Saying, "Hey, you've known about this for like two years, maybe longer. We've been having these talks. We delayed already from a December fifth rollout to this new mid-January rollout of 2022. Get your stuff together, FAA." Uh, and they're basically fighting to the point where the airlines sent a note directly to the White House that was urging the Biden administration to take immediate action on this this whole thing, just to make sure that there wasn't some kind of, quote, catastrophic uh, situation. And just to give you the kind of ranges here, there's a great article from BBC titled 5G Phones, How Serious is the Threat to U.S. Flights? That was posted four hours ago on the 18th as we are recording this. And it's got a great little graphic down here that shows the 5G networks within the U.S., the new C-band 5G networks will operate between 3.7 and 3.98 gigahertz. This is kind of like the discussion we were having with uh, microwaves the other day. Uh, Then altimeters that airplanes use operate between 4.2 gigahertz and 4.4 gigahertz. So there is that separation band between 3.98 and 4.2. But the worry is that as planes are coming in with these very strong uh, C-band 5G signals, they're going to somehow interfere with those altimeters and uh, <laughs> pilots won't be able to know how high they are in the air. Neither Yikes. will the airplanes, you know, automatic systems that can run so that landing could be an issue, especially if there's
2: visibility issues already. So there is a somewhat dirty secret uh, in the aviation industry and in the commercial aviation industry, uh, which is this. It is now possible for planes to be uh, flown remotely, similar to autonomous cars. Uh, human pilots are a very reassuring thing, though, for passengers. And um, I've I've heard before, and love to hear some uh, some of our listeners who are familiar with the aviation industry weigh in. But I've I've heard before that the most important part of being a commercial pilot is the landing process is actually sticking (laughs) the landing because that's when that's when you can tell because you guys know that i've traveled a lot under a variety of circumstances and uh when i when i run into the people who are traveling all the time you'll notice that they become aficionados of grading the landing you know and they're like they're like oh that's a that's a good one
0: and that hell has to do with you know the trajectory of the approach or whatever, and you need the mm-hmm. altimeters to work correctly to be able exactly. to gauge that right. Um, th- this is I just had a question. So I mean, this is obviously a new technology that's broadcasting on frequencies that have never been used for anything before. You mentioned microwaves. Obviously, this is like approaching that range. But is the deal with five G that it literally like these are frequencies that are shared in some way, or is it just so close to the frequencies that the planes use that there could be a conflict? I just want to understand yeah. how this relates to the overall the, the major
1: Sure, sure. The, the major issue is the, the proximity of the Ooh. C-band 5G networks and how close they are to the altimeter and those the frequencies that are used there. So that that's really what it is. And there's a, just a little bit of space in between. In, in other countries, they're using... Slightly, I'm, I'm using the video here. If you're watching on YouTube, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> if, in several other countries where 5G has been rolled out, I believe it's 40 other countries right now that have successfully rolled 5G out. They, are, they have a larger band of separation in between the two frequencies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the thought is there's going to be way less chance for that 5G signal to interrupt anything that's happening on the and plane.
0: Because in those countries they're just the frequencies are less crowded just because of the way broadcast works and because it's not being used or there's more of a a
2: space, an interval in the in the overall band. Like without getting too in the weeds, um that excellent article you referenced earlier, Matt, by Theo Leggett. Yeah, I I agree with you. People should check out the infographic there. You can see five G networks operating from three point seven gigahertz to three point nine eight. And then altimeters are starting at 4.2 gigahertz so yep. the concern is that interval that that sort of mm-hmm. um, call it almost like a fire break you know mm-hmm. or an airline sure. yeah uh, yeah. And, yeah and that part uh that part is important because when pilots are landing and pilots are some of the hardest working people when pilots are landing They're not always landing in good weather. You know, sometimes the cloud cover is absolute and it's very close to the ground. So they have to use that radio altimeter to get some eyes on what's happening. Uh, It's not always a sunny day at the airport, as anyone can uh, agree if you've ever been stuck in an airport.
0: So, -hmm. what's the recourse here? I mean, is it just kind of like too bad
1: (laughs) or what? Well, no. Like the FAA is going to
0: have to step in in some respect, right?
1: Well, Dude, this has been going on for a long time, and the alert kind of just went up all of a sudden because the FAA, you know, and all of these companies, mostly the executives of the airline companies, sent out this letter to the Biden administration. And because it's going to be deployed tomorrow, which for everyone listening is in the past, probably last week. <laughs> right. um, just like but, uh, but yeah, there are other things that can be done. So one of the major changes to the rollout plan for AT&T and Verizon now is to have a buffer zone where 5G signals are not present within a two mile radius of certain airports. So certain runways, specifically the runways. Um, And they've successfully been able to, uh, to negotiate that as of right now, at least according to CNET, Uh, they just posted AT&T Verizon adjust 5G plans around airports as carriers blast FAA over delays. And it's this buffer zone. That they're creating, at least for the initial rollout. And it's not for every airport and every runway. It's specifically for ones that the FAA has identified as having a need for this. And that can be good because that's being deployed in other countries too, making a buffer zone around the airports and the runways themselves just to make sure. Like uh, in France. Yes, exactly. Like in France. And you can read about that in the same BBC
2: article. Question for you Mm -hmm. real quick, Matt. Um, So like a lot of people know, when you are on a commercial airplane in the in the U.S. and in many other countries, you will typically be asked to not operate your smartphone right during takeoff and during landing. Uh, but especially the emphasis seems often to be on takeoff. This sounds like uh, the the five G C band sounds like it is a newer iteration of an existing concern. And I understand, you know, it's um the way it was explained to me before, and maybe some of our pilot friends uh and airline staffers can weigh in here, the way it was explained to me before is sort of like how you're not supposed to have matches or lighters around uh, a petrol station, a gas station, right? A gas pump. Hmm. Because Gas is flammable, which is the reason internal combustion cars work. Uh, and even though the chances of a gas pump exploding uh, are are relatively low, like you're getting into final destination stuff unless you're doing it on purpose, uh, there's still a chance that something could go very wrong. So it sounds like cell phone signals already had the chance of interfering with plane systems on some level, and is the concern here that 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 uh, chance is exacerbated by five G? Well,
0: and also, like, I mean, I try to be a good uh, citizen and turn my phone onto airplane mode. Maybe I don't always do it at the exact right second, but you got to imagine there's going to be people that just don't do it. And it's not like, you know, flight attendants are walking around asking people to check their screens or whatever. So presumably could people not going on airplane mode who have 5g connections make that even worse from within the flight.
1: Uh, Guys, I don't have an answer to that question. I think the answer is probably yes. I mm -hmm. I mean, I I just assume, like you said, Ben, if anything,
0: um, there is potential for regular, you know, 4G phone signals to mess with those kinds of systems, which I assume is the reason they have airplane mode in the first place.
1: The important thing here is we're talking about the towers and specifically the high the high powered signals that they're emitting. Right. Sending Mm -hmm. and receiving. So. In this case, for this story, it's all about the towers yeah, and their proximity you. to the to where the planes are actually operating. But, I mean, it is a good point. I just don't know, and somebody can take me to task on this. I don't know whether or not having an endpoint for that 5G signal as a cell phone, you know, present on an airplane, picking up that high powered 5g signal if it changes it, it or
0: something or I, I don't know that's that's what my dumb brain is picturing here in this scenario but it could be entirely incorrect but uh, I just don't know so yeah I know I don't know either but I just it's, it's what I picture um but it's fascinating and it's definitely something mm-hmm. to be concerned about another thing dad to, to our list of 5g fears
1: <laughs> <laughs> right right
2: right uh so yeah if you're vaccinated you're, are you fine or are you more vulnerable? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you become like no. a
0: tower. If you're vaccinated, you are the
2: 5G tower. Uh, be the tower. Walking
0: around and don't even know. Yeah. Be the tower of to the robots.
2: I think it was Gandhi who said that. You have to be the 5G you wish to see in the world. <laughs> okay. uh, but yeah, this is important. This, this is an important thing. And it's something that maybe is easy for people to ignore because it gets into some technical weeds. But the thing that really stood out to me here, Matt, is that the U.S.-based organizations are explicitly saying this could cause fatalities because you're removing the yeah. eyes of the pilots, possibly.
1: They're saying that there's a potential for that if it just gets rolled out without having that buffer zone. But it looks as though, as we record this, that buffer zone is going to be in place at least temporarily as you know, the, the FAA and the telecommunications companies kind of figured their thing out. To make sure you know we the public can actually fly, uh, hopefully. And but the biggest thing here, by the way, the biggest concern is cargo ships. So it's it's not just American and all these other commercial airliners that are worried about this. It's UPS. It's people who ship massive amounts of packages every day, all day long. They're very they're very much concerned about this as well. Uh, one last thing to throw in here: another interesting technique that I found in a separate article, was that some countries have found a way on certain flights to use GPS as the same function that an altimeter landing system would use. Hmm. So you can just work around the need for that altimeter uh, range of frequencies. Another thing that could happen. Uh, Last thing I want to say before we get out of this, I do think it's important. There is some fun shade being thrown at the FAA by AT&T. And I want to read some of this just because oh. it's fun. Yeah. Um, first of all, here's a quote from a spokesperson. This has all been happening over the last week uh, and most recently the last few days. A spokesperson at AT&T says, quote, we are frustrated by the FAA's inability to do what nearly 40 countries have done. Which is to safely deploy 5G technology without disrupting aviation services. And we urge it to do so in a timely manner. Just to clarify, I mean, you're talking about the gap in other countries. Like, so this is a
0: a thing you can just choose to do to implement it has nothing to do with like the crowding of the available bandwidth or the available spectrum like the FCC here just chose not to include that gap I just want to understand if it's like a function of you know our country is different than those countries and they just kind of like can't do the same arrangement or if they really did kind of sleep on it and could have made it safer
1: but it's the need to have stronger signal at wider ranges within the U S probably it's probably a function to the number of clients, you know, the number of end users who are going to be using 5g on their devices. Mm-hmm. I don't have, I mean, I don't know exactly. It's just the signal is stronger here and the band is wider here. It's closer.
0: It. Yeah. That's sort to of the, a, to the, aviation it's a function
2: users.
1: of infrastructure or the need for, you know,
0: wider mm-hmm. throw for the, for the broadcaster.
2: And yeah. You, You can see, uh, you can see for comparison in other countries. Uh, we mentioned France. Let's also mention the United Kingdom, their version of the FAA, the CAA, Civilian Aviation Authority. Oh. Civilian Aviation Authority uh, says that there have been no confirmed instances where 5G interference has resulted in aircraft system malfunction or unexpected behavior. But again, this is the kind of thing, this is a pickle of policy planning, because Mm -hmm. if you... If you do everything right and you're overly cautious and risk averse, then no one will have an accident because of this. And they may not appreciate all the trouble you put them through. But if you're a little bit laissez-faire about it and then, God forbid, a plane crashes, then all of a sudden it is super your fault, even though no mm-hmm. one listened to you.
1: So that's a great point. It's a great point. Uh, dude, last last thing from AT&T. This was the second part of that shade. Ooh. Quote, at our sole discretion, we have voluntarily agreed to temporarily defer turning on a limited number of towers around certain airport runways as we continue to work with the aviation industry and the (laughs) Federal (laughs) Aviation Administration to provide further information about our 5G deployment since they have not utilized the last two years they've had to responsibly plan for this deployment. (laughs) Basically saying... Hey, FAA, you haven't responsibly used these past two years, bro.
0: I like it. <laughs> it's really messed up. Get it together, FAA. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> that's just the way I hear it in my head.
0: They're uh, throwing shade. Uh,
1: but yeah, anyway, I, I, guess, I guess it
0: feels more like no. it needs to be a collaboration, though. I mean, you know, I would think that the uh, <laughs> the the telecommunication side of it is just as responsible for working with the FAA as the other way around. But it seems like they're just sort of like acting like two completely separate, unrelated entities that aren't really shaking hands in this
1: process. It's probably well. signaling, you know, it, it is, uh, it's complicated. More is, more is to come. Hopefully airplanes haven't crashed since we've recorded this and you're hearing it. Uh, I hope God, I hope, uh, if not stay safe while you're out there in the skies and hopefully this five G thing, you know, doesn't do weird stuff to, to us. It's been safely deployed in 40 other countries, so we should be fine.
2: All right. Yeah, there's we'll a be- lot
1: of things other countries <laughs> do better than us.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's true. All
1: right. We're going to hear a quick word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back with more strange news.
2: I'm gonna finish
0: And we're back with more strange news. Um, This one's a little heavy and a a bit of a whodunit. Um, It's a a story based in Pakistan, and it is centered around the Benazir Bhutto um, Medical College, officially the Shahid Motarma Benazir Bhutto Medical University in the uh, southern province of Sindh in Pakistan. Recently, a fourth-year medical student named Nasheen Kazmi was discovered in her dorm, um and it was ruled a suicide and this uh, kind of triggered Uh, a bit of an outcry because it's the third of this type of kind of suspicious suicide that's happened at this university in a relatively short amount of time. Um, Back in September of 2019, uh, Nimrita Shandai, who was a dentistry student um, in her last year was also found dead in her room. And then in May of 2021, a senior medical student named Tariq Shahani was also found dead um, on the campus. Um, in Secure City, and they have like a satellite campus. All of these students, according to their autopsies, died of asphyxiation. Um, here's the issue. A lot of folks believe that the university is actually covering up something much more insidious than suicide. Um, and the university's own hospital did the autopsies or did the you know medical examinations of these bodies and ruled it a suicide despite uh, there being reports that there was a preliminary um, investigation of one of the deaths that um, indicated sexual assault and strangulation. So um, there is kind of an outcry. Here in this community, uh, Nasheen Kazmi um, was described by a, uh, a member of Doctors Wake Up Movement, a person named Uzair Chaudhry, as being a victim. Um, the quote goes on, a victim of something the Medical College Administration fights to hide. We strongly reject the post-mortem report and a neutral and independent forensic expert team is required for a transparent investigation. Um, this original reporting in the States is from Vice um, by uh, Ramal Farouk, and I, the only other sources I could find for this story were um, not in English and were from you know television reports and there are some other articles, but it does feel like something odd is going on uh, at Benazir Bhutto Medical College. Uh, especially given, you know, the conflict of interest of like doing the uh, the autopsies, you know, at the college's own hospital, That just seems a little mm-hmm. sketchy. Um, mm. And it goes on. I mean, like even if it's not something super insidious, there are a lot of other folks who say if it is suicide, that there are real gaps in the uh, mental health support that's offered, not only at this medical college but just in Pakistan in general. Um, the vice report uh, cited. Um, a, a study that uses certain indicators in societies as uh, benchmarks for mental health, and Pakistan was uh, very, very, very low on that um, list in terms of, like, you know, access to mental health, uh, the stigmas surrounding mental health and suicidal ideations. And as we know, medical school and studying to be a doctor is a really long and difficult and arduous process. And there's a lot of potential for depression and anxiety and like uh negative outcomes if um, mm. you're already maybe predisposed to some of that kind of stuff, so
2: yeah, um, that, and a lot yeah. of kids don't want to go to medical school; their parents are making them do it that's of just, course that's a that's an un, an unfortunate uh unfortunate truth of all human societies. I would add also um to to your excellent point about the lack of mental health resources uh, I found that Suicide rates in Pakistan in general are underreported to the press, uh, like officially a very low number occur. But then also we can't forget that there is a tremendous amount of violence against women. Um, and, you know, that sticks out to me when you talk about sexual assault, um, which can end someone's career. As they, It can end the victim's career with the perpetrator walking free or getting a slap on the wrist it's it's um it's tremendously unclean
0: and i mean it's not that necessarily there the evidence is there to support this quite yet but the implication almost feels like what if there was some situation where whether it's a professor or some person in a position of power that's you know perpetrating these assaults and then killing these people killing these students and it's being covered up um, it could be a combination of actual suicide and that if the report of strangulation and sexual assault you know is
1: accurate um but it's 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 definitely something that seems off yeah i agree i don't even know what to say about, about this one this is i don't know either awful. I, mean, I think that's
0: yeah it's it just has the i don't know the way um all the facts are starting to line up it just feels like there's going to be a follow up to this and we're going to find mm-hmm. out something quite troubling but i i hope not i hope yeah <laughs> but, but there's
2: a chilling line that the vice article ends on which is a very important question if these cases are indeed uh acts of uh suicide then why aren't there suicide prevention they use the phrase protocols, right? Why aren't there mental health resources more available to the students? And the last line of the article is, yesterday it was Nimrita and Tariq. Today it's Nasheen We don't know who will be next. Uh, so I think, I think the students and the residents of the area are sharing those concerns, as, as is everyone listening along with us today. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. And just to, to to wrap it up, I mean, the university did uh, do kind of what would appear to be sort of a PR move of, of scheduling a mental health seminar. But a lot of the folks that commented for the story and that are involved in the you know, advocacy uh, for more mental health resources uh, say it was clearly kind of a hollow attempt at uh, checking a box because they scheduled it like during finals. Um, so there were barely any students that were even able to attend. Yeah. I know it's a heavy one, but it really does have the air of mystery to it, and I'm interested to see what ends up being uncovered here. Um, But until then, let's take a break, and then we'll come back with another strange news.
2: and we have returned now you may notice astute fellow conspiracy realist that our first two stories for this week's segment uh, have been touching on things that are disturbing that we believe are important and we want your help we want your expertise as pilots uh, or people working in the aviation industry or in the telecom industry we want your take in your perspective if you are in Pakistan or have attended medical school in Pakistan. Uh, We also talked a little bit off air before we started rolling today. We dithered a bit about where to put this story, and we thought we would end on maybe a little bit of a palate cleanser, a very weird story, one of those things that makes you Check the, check the address to make sure you're not reading the onion. So let's introduce everybody to a town called Sunnyvale, California. Uh, Sunnyvale, California. It's a pretty swell place. People like it. And something weird happened in Sunnyvale when the pandemic hit. Pretty much every town in the United States and and many towns across the planet ended up closing to some degree. The streets were empty as though it were uh, New Year's Day in the morning or something, right? People just weren't going to places. Online orders were booming. Uh, We all went through that weird, awkward phase where we tried to hang out with our friends on Zoom. Uh, And I don't miss those days. But uh, Sunnyvale never actually closed down. Uh, their demographic of visitors changed. Since the beginning of the pandemic, thousands of tourists, of new visitors, have been hanging out, living the high life in Sunnyvale. And they're not the most classy visitors. They're trashing stuff. They're pooping everywhere. Uh, they're eating trash off the street. Spoiler alert, these visitors are not human. They're crows. I did it. Squeezing in another crow episode, or another crow you're, thing. Uh, so, are you, you're,
0: you're fine-feathered friends, Ben, that you command with
2: your mind. Uh, you don't command friends. You work with them. If anybody ah. tries to command you, they're not your friend. But the, uh, the, this came to me. This blew my mind, you guys. Uh, I want to first reference some of the uh, most noteworthy work I've seen on this report. Uh, the story broke in national media about... Six, seven days ago, uh, we, were on a, we were on a bit of a break. So I held this one. If you go to New York Times, you'll see a wonderful article by Alyssa Lookbat. And it says, a California city is overrun by crows. Wait for it. Could a laser be the answer? That's where yes. we're going. That's <laughs> Please, 2022. Yes. We're war with crows. We're using lasers. Uh, and they're using a boombox by the way, but uh, so this story is a long time in the making. The city officials of Sunnyvale have been trying to get the crows out of town for like at least five years. But um, remember earlier when we talked about how many animals were going into abandoned towns during the pandemic, like goats were taken over that town in Europe and so on. Crows were doing that in Sunnyvale And their population exploded. The mayor, a guy named Larry Klein, is like, the fact that he has to make public statements about this is amazing. And I want to see the Christopher Guest movie about this. Uh, He is on record saying the streets are basically riddled with crow poo. Uh, And that's, you know, that's a public statement by a mayor. Dude, this
0: sounds like a, the plot for a season of Trailer Park Boys, which also takes place in a place called Sunnyvale. Um, only they don't have a mayor. They have a drunk trailer park supervisor named Mr. Leahy. I remember mm. that guy. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. But he does fulfill the role of mayor. Yes. hundred percent.
0: There actually is a plot point in one of the seasons where
2: um, Ricky has a pet crow named Cheryl Crow. <laughs> checks out. Wow, yeah, I remember yeah. that. And this is this is uh, all funny and cute because Trailer Park Boys is a great, uh, amazingly improvised show. Uh, and it's just the one crow. It's just Cheryl. Uh, yes. But yes. The, the streets are overwhelmed now in Sunnyvale. For anybody unfamiliar with California, because we got a lot of people who are not uh, in the U.S., it's about 40 miles to the southeast of San Francisco. And The city has tried so many things, but corvids, including crows, are some of the smartest living animals alive today. Like There's a very short list of cognitive abilities that animals share with humans, and crows share many of those traits to a disturbing degree. So, They're basically too smart for a lot of things that will work for other birds. Like, uh, that's why scarecrows have such a limited shelf life. It doesn't take, doesn't take these guys long to figure out that that's just a human like sculpture. So scarecrows didn't work. They deployed falcons. They deployed predatory birds. If you have listened to our earlier stories on Corvids, you know that they have a mob strategy when it comes to fighting against predatory birds. They are in an existential war with owls, as we record. And uh, they are not they are not afraid to roll deep on a falcon. So the falcon <sighs> didn't work. It had limited success because, you know, maybe it could snag a couple lone corvids if it caught them unawares. But as soon as one survives, it goes and posses up.
1: Yes. So wait, Ben, are you saying that Sunnyvale hired a falconer or at least... One
2: falconer? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, And funny you mentioned that. I actually am going uh, going to hang out with some predatory birds in the near future uh, here in Georgia. Yeah. You don't have to be a falconer to do it, which is great. Because as I mentioned on an old episode of Daily Zeitgeist, falconry has some not safe for work stuff involved. Just Google falcon hat. Okay. Not on hey, your don't, computer. Don't. Wait. Don't. What? No. Don't. No. Okay. We'll we'll spoil it. You you guys know <sighs> what we're talking about. Uh,
3: I I don't think I do, but I
0: don't uh, like falconry in and of Noel. itself,
1: just for its own reasons. We we have to get Noel ha- uh, one of these hats. That's not seriously. Him. No, I'm too <laughs> protective.
2: I'm too protective. No, you deserve better, Noel. Are you guys we'll gaslighting your... me right now? What's happening? No, no, not at all. I am trying to save you. Matt is trying to prank you. Um, (laughs) So for some predatory birds, some types of falcons to reproduce, falconers will put on a special hat and they'll make the equivalent of falcon dirty talk. Like, "Mm, hey, big boy. Mm." And the falcon will land on the hat and have sexual congress with it. I am trying to explain this in an adult way. While the person is wearing the hat, making the falcon dirty talk. And then they will collect the emissions of the bird. Yep. And oh, they will no. use it to uh, grow the breeding population. It is an invention that has saved, uh, saved many of these animals, but um, literally hats off to whomever does that, because I'm not wearing that hat. Uh, we got to yes. get one for Noel. <laughs> I don't think that's fair, man.
0: <laughs> I'm Googling Falcon hat and I just get I'm just getting sports things.
2: Uh, I need help with the, oh, Uh do falconry hat reproduce. Okay. Oh, falcon <laughs> <laughs> reproduce. Uh, so
1: isn't there a certain amount of imprinting that happens there too? With yes. uh, Maybe I may have. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's mm-hmm. one of the big things, the bond between the falconer and falcon.
0: Oh my yeah. God. It looks like a waffle kind of. Uh huh. Yep. That like a actually honeycomb. Happened. Mm -hmm. It's just grinding on this dude's poor dude's head. Yep. Wow. A fact. And then then there's like it's like a
2: dog bowl (laughs) kind of receptacle at the top, which Mm -hmm. I guess collects the the jism. Yep. Uh, (laughs) Yep, it does. That is the technical term. So uh, please check that out if you would like to learn more about falconry. Uh, Whether or not the falconer in this situation was wearing a hat, uh, we do not know. We'd have to contact the mayor. But long story short, with all the stuff they had to go through with the Falcons, it did not work because the birds are too smart. And so they decided that they are going to resort to lasers, actual lasers. They're going to spend an hour every evening shooting green lasers at these crows. And while they do that, they're going to take a boombox like a literal old school Do the right thing kind of boombox. And they're going to play recordings of crows, quote, in distress while they're, while they're shining this, uh, green laser around. And the idea is that when they see the laser shining through the tree line every evening, the crows are going to think that there are animals running back and forth in the darkness and it'll spook them. So crows are so smart that the residents of Sunnyvale have to resort to psychological warfare. They, they can't, they, they can't like outsmart them the normal ways. Uh, these are the most brained of bird brains. So instead what they have to do is try to get into their minds, which is amazing. And they're not trying to kill them to be clear. They're just trying to sort of gentrify them. (laughs) And move them to a different part of town. Uh, but the problem is, according to an expert in the world of corvids, Dr. Kevin McGowan, an ornithologist over at the Cornell Lab of Ornithology, in, there in Ithaca, New York. According to him, this dispersal is a very tricky, risky game because some of these birds just don't want to move. They're like, hey, I got it good here. You know what I mean? The people are mainly gone because of this pandemic that doesn't affect me. I am. I will eat your trash, and I'm not scared of your (laughs) scarecrows or your falcons. Take that hat off. You know, like the the birds are are clowning the citizenry. And uh, McGowan, this was interesting to me because normally, you know, the the five of us, Doc, Noel, Matt, me, and you listening along, we would say this thing the professor recommends is um, cruel, or unfair or inhumane, but he literally said, why don't you aim firecrackers and bottle rockets at the crows? Because it'll make them, quote, freak out. (laughs) Which is a technical (laughs) term, I think, in ornithology. Uh, Yeah, I mean,
1: that's the big thing here, balancing the well-being of these animals as well as like trying to prevent them from hanging out where you don't want them to be. Do do you guys remember... We talked about how some birds are not real, not all birds, but there are a few birds that are not real because they're drones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we well, need to get some birds. of those. The, yeah. The, yes. Those are, yeah. I'm just, I think we Sorry, need to get some I, of those. it's a touchy
0: subject for some people. This whole birds aren't real thing. So we got to be very careful about how we put this.
1: That's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Some. But Sunnyvale should get some of those drone owls and Ooh. just pay somebody to fly them at night around certain areas. Uh, or do you think the crows will just gang up on them, go mob mob style on it?
2: They will just just like the earlier comparison with uh, Van Helsing and vampires. They will find where they think it sleeps during the day. They will try to track it and hunt it and kill it when it's weak during the hours oh of sunlight. God. I know, right? It's crazy, um, but but I think that's a good solution. They I you didn't I didn't see too much mention of drones, which also stood out to me, but. Dr. McGowan also says that if the crows don't want to go, if they are simply intransigent, then outside of killing them, there's not too, too much you can do. Uh, He pointed out in Auburn in the 1990s, authorities captured and relocated some 75,000 crows, but he has This guy is great with the quotes, by the way. Please check out this article. There's a lot of other stuff about this on ornithology forums, but he had one that really stood out to me where describing crows in Sunnyvale, he said, they're like teenagers in COVID, you know? You just can't stop them getting together. Oh, that's (laughs) wow!
0: (laughs) What if they uh, came up with a Pied Piper type situation? Um, You know, just sort of
2: lure them all out of town and into the sea, preferably. Yes, yes. you are on to something because this story made me recall a book that I recently read that I may have talked about earlier, Raven Master. This is the guy I think That's is you. the right man for the job. Oh, no, this is Christopher Scaife. He is, uh, he is the guy who for years and years has been the keeper of the ravens in the Tower of London. So I think there's a world in which in the stuff they don't want you to know streaming studio where we put all our cool fiction ideas. There's a world in which this guy travels across the pond and like speaks with the crows and tries to make the case that they should leave Sunnyvale. Um, thank you. And oh, dude, he could work with some people
1: out there and start a new app with the Ravens. It's like an, a Raven delivery service with an <laughs> yes. app. Yeah. Send a Raven. Uh, it can be Game uh, of uh, Friends themed.
2: Mm hmm. Oh, we're on, yes. Yeah, we're cooking with gas now. Uh, so if you are listening and you are a Corvid, I'd love to hear your take on this. Uh, assume you would want to call rather than write an email, but cannot wait to hear from you, uh, humans. Humans and artificial intelligence included as well. You are all welcome. Uh, the show can't happen without you. Uh, and at this point, we want to turn the mic to you. Uh, Thank you. Let us know, again, if you have some expertise in the world of aviation you can bring to the worries about 5G. Let us know uh, if you have experience in Pakistan with the medical community, both students and staff. And let us know what you think Sunnydale should do about its crows. Can we just say really quickly
0: that Falcon Sex Hat is a really great name for like an industrial band or like a noise band or something. Um, Mm -hmm. So please nobody steal that.
2: Also, tell us if you ever wore one of those hats. Uh, you're fighting the good fight for biodiversity in an unorthodox way. So with that, we cannot wait to hear from you. We'll be back with more strange news next week. In the meantime, let us know what's going on in your neck of the woods. We try to be easy to find online. Ah, yes. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. You can find us at the handle at
0: Conspiracy Stuff. Instagram, we are at Conspiracy Stuff Show. If you wish, you may seek us out as individual human people. I am on Instagram at How now Noel Brown.
2: You can also get a look at some of my secret projects, my upcoming research, my off-the-grid travels on Twitter where I'm at Ben Bullen, H-S-W, or on Instagram where I am at Ben Bullen, B-O-W-L-I-N. Matt, are you a... Are you still uh, Dr. Daddy Pepper? At, uh, at Falcon uh, Sex Hat, I
0: thought. No?
1: No, no. I am now 555.55 carat black diamond uh, on Twitter. That's, that's my know, that new Twitter. You. That is you. Mm-hmm. With, with this, all your
0: tweets are just an ASCII. What's up with that?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: well, it's, you know,
1: I'm just tweeting the messages that are relayed to me from the diamond, mm-hmm. so...
2: There we go. There we go. And I am also, again, uh, I have a backlog of folks I'm catching up with, but thank you so much for reaching out to me. It does mean the world. If you do not sip the social meads, we have another way for you to contact us. You can talk to us directly. Uh, it's just going to be you, us, and a uh, hapless NSA intern, I imagine. Our phone number is one 833 stdwytk
1: Yes, you heard Ben call for any and all Corvids to send us a voice message. And, you, you know, you heard it. You may be thinking, ah, somebody else will call in. No, no, no. You, Corvid, please leave us a message. I cannot wait to hear them. When you do call in, give yourself a cool nickname. <coughs> nope, <coughs> that's not it. <coughs> that's it. Uh, and you've got three minutes. Say whatever you'd like. We cannot wait to hear from you. If you entertain us, that is just wonderful if you've got a cool story that we can try and track down we love that too or if you've had some experience with anything we've been talking about we love it as well if you're not comfortable using your phone to communicate instead why not send us a good old-fashioned email you can send anything and everything our way we read everything that we receive we are
0: conspiracy at iheartradio.com
2: He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed.
3: Listen to Uncanny USA
2: wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted
0: companion for CBD relief.